Wentz had a nice bounce back year. Season, he was the, good. The, the issue for me with Wentz is always chips are on the line. Now what? And I picked the Jags because of Carson Wentz. I think it's one of the worst losses in recent NFL memory mm-hmm. for me. I think it's one of the worst losses in the history of their franchise. It absolutely falls at the feet of Carson Wentz, but everybody in that organization had a hand in it. In the meantime, we have another quarterback on the move. Matt Ryan has been traded to the Colts. Breaking news out of the NFL where Stephon Gilmore is signing with the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts have traded for Yannick Ngakwe. Jonathan Taylor is the MVP of the NFL. This is the best run-blocking offensive line in the NFL. Reggie Wayne talking about Matt Ryan. Exact quote. It makes me throw up how much he reminds me of Peyton Manning. Good evening, everybody. We are kicking with the crew. We are back to preview the Jacksonville Jaguars rematch tomorrow at, I believe it's 1 p.m. Eastern time, 12 o'clock Central time. Man, I'm excited for it. Uh, I think I'm a little more optimistic as a fan than most fans are. Uh, I've been listening to damn near every every show that there has been for the Colts all week long. And Roundtable is probably my favorite show to listen to on Mondays. Uh, but yeah, man, how you doing tonight, DeMarco? I'm doing good, doing good, man. Just been busy all day, but uh, you know, getting pretty amped up for the game tomorrow, and uh, I got I got some high expectations for us. So yeah, me too, man. Me too. I'll say it, it has been a busy day. I would like to announce Phillies are heading to the National League Conference Championship game, games, seven game series. So still waiting on who our opponent's going to be, but that's pretty. It's got me pretty excited, man. Yeah, um, nice for your team. Too bad for my Giants. We suck right now. <laughs> it happens. It happens. But I'm I'm also excited. Uh, the the Flyers won tonight. Not a Flyers fan, but uh, I'm more of a Devils fan. They're playing right now, so uh, hoping hoping they win. Yeah, my Sharks ain't doing. Ain't starting off too good either. We traded a bunch of players this off season as well. We're trying to get young right now, so a couple of my teams on the struggle side. Same, same. I, I just want to hit on this real quick because he commented early. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I said Curtis, this. Yeah. I said I, this. I, I, I agree 100%. I said it on Twitter when I saw everybody start panicking on Twitter today. Uh, when we announced JT and uh, Hines both being out, I even said, you know, uh, last week they had 102 yards. 102 yards combined. I believe it was 102. I know it was over 100 yards uh, combined and, uh, against a solid against, defense. Uh, a number one defense. Right. So I, I think Frank will dial it up to be okay tomorrow when it comes to utilizing those two running backs. Uh, and I, I do believe they can get that, get that done tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm with you there, Curtis. I I've never really had a um, issue 
with our running backs. I, I think our running back room is is pretty loaded from top to bottom. Even our even our bottom guys, I think they're very capable. I'm not saying they can do what JT does, but I think a lot of the guys that we have in there are serviceable. So, uh, running game really hasn't been the issue. Not at all. Opinion. So, or at not least running backs, running backs haven't been the issue. Uh, there. So, yeah. So I think we our, our backs should be able to get it done. Yeah. So real, real quick, we'll, we'll go ahead and hit up this injury report for all the fantasy players, things like that. So uh, this is as of this as of this morning. Okay. Go um, Cubs. Go Cubs. Uh, Bailey, no. Jonathan Taylor is not playing. He is out. He has already been ruled out as of today, this morning. Yes. So. This one was before that came out, so I did. I promised last week I would add the doubtful category on here. It's a lot shorter. Um, I think it's the only spot. I think I only put a few defensive players on here this week. Uh, most defensive players that are Jesus, this is getting longer and longer. I can barely read it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I also chose a terrible font. So uh, under questionable, I'll read them out real quick. Yeah, Kyle Pitts, he's questionable with a hamstring. Uh, Mac Jones is questionable with an ankle. Um, who's that? Damian Harris is a hamstring. God, I can barely read it. Jacoby Myers is a knee. Nelson Aguilar is a hamstring. Jonu Smith is an ankle. Marvin Jones Jr. is a hamstring. Zay Jones is an ankle. I'm tracking Zay Jones and Marvin Jones are supposed to be playing tomorrow. T. Uh, Higgins is pretty huge that he's uh, questionable because without T. Higgins, uh, teams have been kind of doubling up on Jamar Chase and really been taking him out for the most part. Right. Uh, I would like to call, so Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines, I have them under questionable because, again, that was as of this morning. Uh, that was prior to uh, that announcement being made in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So slide them over to the out section. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is questionable. Uh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater will be playing as well. Uh, the Dolphins have activated him today. He will be the backup to uh, the kid out of uh, – Jesus Christ, I'm blanking right now. The back, pretty much the third string quarterback, uh, Terry Bridgewater, will be the backup to him. Skyler, Skyler Thompson. Yeah, that's Skyler Thompson. So, so then you got active. Um, uh, Tua Tungvaloa did get cleared, but he is uh, inactive. They yeah, he's not set to he's not set to to play till next week. I believe I have him over in the out section. So, yeah. um, T Higgins is questionable with an ankle. Uh, Hayden Hurst is a groin. Jameis Winston is questionable. Uh, Chris Olav has a concussion. He was not cleared yet, so I'm pretty sure he will probably be out um, tomorrow because I haven't seen anything up- updated for him today. Uh, Robbie Anderson is an illness, so I, I he's questionable, but I expect him to play. Cup, questionable with a foot. Tyler Higby is questionable. Marquise Goodwin is questionable. Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb are questionable. Dak Prescott is uh, a key thing to keep an eye on. I still don't think he's going to play. I think he was just elevated to the questionable status. Um, but I, I don't expect him to play tomorrow. Okay. And then just an update on uh, Zay Jones. Zay, Zay Jones was officially ruled out this morning as well. Um, and then uh, for Jacksonville, and then another defensive end for Jacksonville, D end uh, for Lorenzo Fatakasi has been ruled out as well. <laughs> I probably skipped over that name just because. Just <laughs> yeah, I don't want to disrespect anybody's name, but that is not, right, so, that's not an easy one to pronounce. So under doubtful, uh, the big names to look at here, because uh, the other two, I believe, are just backups to begin with. 
Uh, but we're going to talk about uh, Julio Jones is doubtful uh, for the Buccaneers, and then Baker Mayfield is doubtful for uh, Carolina. Yeah, and then uh, also add uh, Nelson Aguilar from doubtful to out as well. Jonathan Jones for the New England Patriots is out as well. I didn't know if you had that on there. No, I did not. I did not. Uh, they weren't even on the report. <laughs> All right, so then on the, on the outside, we got uh, Jadavian Clowney. He's out. Uh, you know it, Trev. We're building. We're building, Trev. And uh, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. <laughs> but, yeah, man, so then we got uh, Quiddy Pay, and everybody knows Quiddy Pay and Shaq was counted out. Um, who was out? Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, uh, Devontae Hardy. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore is out. That's huge. Oh, yeah, that's uh, God, man, next time I, I didn't choose better colors. This is terrible. I think that's Rashad Bateman's out. Kenny Galladay's out. Yeah. Uh, Chanel is out. Uh, Cam Akers is out. So to think about Cam Akers, Cam Akers is not a uh, injury. He is out on personal issues. Uh, from what I'm tracking is he's demanding a trade. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm taking it as he's he's sitting out. He's, he's not playing by choice. So – uh, and then James Conner is out, Daryl Williams is out, and uh, Jake Kamara is out. Yep. And then uh, Tony Jefferson for the New York Giants has been placed on injured reserve. Um, Vinny Curry for the uh, New York Jets has been placed on injured reserve as well. Um, sure. Janaris Robinson from the Eagles on IR. Andre Dillard has been activated to the um, Eagles active roster. So a few other ones there. Uh, Javon Kinlaw from San Francisco has been placed on injured reserve. And if that name rings any bells to anybody, that is the 13th overall pick that the Indianapolis Colts traded um, for DeForest Buckner to the San Francisco 49ers. That's Javon Kinlaw there. So that's a big win for us. And then also, if you guys haven't heard the news, another important uh, injury update for us is that Carson Wentz has a fractured uh, middle finger. And uh, we need him to play at least six more games and play uh, 100% of the snaps to um, secure the second-round pick from the Commanders, which was a conditional third, could be a second if he plays the amount of snaps. Carson Wentz still fucking us left and right. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, as much as he can. As much as he can. Lost, lost to Tennessee when he had a chance to beat him. And now, now he's getting injured. We're about to not get a fucking second round pick. I don't know, Trev. I don't know, Trev. I, I kind of disagree on the on the Acres point there. Um, uh, I, I think he is big, talented, um, but worth a mid round pick. I, I just can't really say it, man. He's coming off the ACL. Um, he doesn't. I mean, he he was running hard last year, but I don't know. It's too up and down for me. At the most, I'd give up a six round pick for him. That's just that's just me. I just don't really think running backs can really go that high unless they're like a, a top three running back. I just don't think they're really worth mid-round picks anymore when you can easily just get you a third-round running back and they can produce for you. It's tough. Yeah, so I said earlier that I don't think Cam Akers – Cam Akers was a high-round draft pick um, in fantasy this year, and then week one, damn near everybody dropped him. He, he yeah. didn't show his full potential, and um, 
Like right now, man, holding out to be traded, who's going to trade for you right now at all? I mean, I don't see any teams that are really having a running back issue. I, I'm, I might be blind to it, and, and you might well, be able to name someone. I don't know. If I, I if, I, if, if I was the Giants, I'd trade for a Cam Akers, and the only reason I'd say why is just because uh, uh, Saquon Barkley is overused, and as much as the, the Giants are using him, I think it's really going to put him in a chance to, to be kind of hurt. Um, you do got the Carolina Panthers who are now shopping uh, CMC, Kishra McCaffrey. Uh, that's a tough one there. You know, if you're going to start over, you can get you a running back like Cam Maker, somebody that can produce for you. Um, uh, I mean, like I said, that's, that's another reason it's tough to trade running backs because it's like you can find a guy. And if you just got you a pretty decent O line, that guy's going to be able to produce for you. So we, it's tough we, to say you can trade for a running back. If I mean, it's just I wouldn't look anything past a six round pick for a running back that's not like twenty three years old. Right. So it's just the other, the other thing is 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 most running backs, um, unless they're like the Derrick Henrys, the Jonathan Taylors, the Marshawn Lynch, those type of running backs, they don't stay with the same team their, after their first contract. A lot exactly. of times. Teams are letting those guys walk, letting another team pay for them, and then they're they're going in and drafting another running back to replace him. So, realistically, trading for Acres it's questionable, especially when you got Christian McCaffrey, who to me is overrated, but he's on the market right now, and GMs are seeing it. So yeah, that's why it's tough for me to say a mid round pick. I'd say a sixth round pick at the most, just because sixth round picks are likely going to bounce around or not going to really right. be that good of a guy or a seventh round pick. Right. So that's well, what so I would trade for Cam Makers. Like if we didn't have the backs that we have, I was like, oh yeah, maybe we could trade for maybe, him. But, maybe, but we're but, good. But I like what I got. I like what we got. Right. And then and, uh, and, uh, I do want to comment. Yeah. I do want to comment on. I've, I've seen today where people were saying we should go pursue Christian McCaffrey. I'm gonna go ahead and make my make my comment on that. No, we don't need it. We've got solid running backs. Our duo last weekend, without our two main duo, proved that they can go ahead and step into the game. There's no reason for Colts fans to be going in every single group, going on Twitter, going on Instagram, and saying, "Hey, we need if if Ballard doesn't pursue Christian McCaffrey, he needs to be fired." We don't need Christian McCaffrey. What we need is not prior to not step on the field, and that's it. That's literally the only thing we need at the moment. It's like, geez, man, that's the thing that pisses me off about Colts. Facts. They think we Facts. can sign anybody. They think we can trade for anybody. They think we can have anybody. And here's Go the thing. Get anybody, and it just helps. And here's the thing. It's We've done that. We had that. We had that time frame where we did that. We had uh, Ryan Grigson, who, who you know signed Andre Johnson, signed Frank Gore. He was he would sign everybody. Darius Hayward Bay, he signed him after having a huge season in Pittsburgh. We signed him, and he came to us and did absolutely nothing. 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 So it's like you can't. So we we we've literally had the history to show in Indy that you can't just go sign anybody or trade any a trade for anybody, and they automatically become like that. Exactly. And then uh, Zach, yeah, Ashton Doolin's on IR. Um, uh, Adam Schefter made the mistake and said he was uh, done for the season. He's only on IR. He's gonna miss the next four games. But uh, I, I haven't seen how uh, severe the foot injury is, but I'm guessing it's like a Paris Campbell one from last year. So I listened to I listened to a lot of uh, shows this week, and every show Frank was asked about Ashton Doolin and, and what his status is going to be, and and he said it's not that serious that they're they're really expecting him to come back in the minimum time that he has to be on IR. So it's just uh it's just hard for speedsters it's just hard for speedsters to come back with a 
a foot right. injury, and I think the best thing for him was to put him on IR, so that way we get a roster spot to get a guy to come in. Right. Um, and then Ash, yeah, uh, that was my bad. I did. I think I did say middle finger. It is Wentz's uh, ring finger on his throwing hand. So we know. Uh, I mean, we know Carson Wentz. Hopefully, he can just. They'll probably play. The, yeah, exactly. Hopefully, he'll, he'll, just, he'll keep being that tough guy that he is, and he'll help us get that second round pick. Hopefully, he I can. Him. I can see Carson continuing to play because that's just who he is. I mean, he played with what with two sprained ankles last year. So uh, Curtis uh, Riley Reef and Robbie Anderson should be targets and uh, be our. I like I like the Robbie Anderson idea, and the only reason I like the Robbie Anderson idea is mainly because so last week we talked about Frank putting Paris outside a lot more than we, he should, and Robbie Anderson is that inside guy. So I don't know. I like Robbie Anderson um, mainly because he's always he's always done well for me in fantasy. So. <laughs> Yeah, see, my my thing is is I I don't I I don't want us to bring in any other old guys or. I agree. I agree. Guys, I'm just saying. Like, if, uh, if we had if we had a more established quarterback that was pushing the ball down the field, I'd be all for Robbie Anderson. But can anybody count for me how many deep shots that Matt Ryan has tried to take? Because <laughs> I can probably count them on two fingers. Yeah, <laughs> and and both of them I want to say were to Alec Pierce. So. So, uh, yeah, so um, I, I just don't really see the point in bringing in a guy that's really not going to get much targets. And, and we've, we've also seen Robbie Anderson be an outspoken player. So that just don't really seem like a good fit for me. So I'm going to I'm gonna comment on this too, Ashley. Uh, yeah, I remember LaRon Landry and I remember Greg Toller. And if oh, that is too, I used to like LaRon Landry. In the beginning, he was a very good run-stopping uh, safety and then he started to have major issues in his young with health. career with health. Yeah, with health in his young career he reminded me of like a, a young bob sanders who got hurt a lot but he was solid when he was on the field greg toller though man that dude was just burnt toast anytime greg toller was the uh, a penalty lover <laughs> it was the worst i want to say he was, he was the worst corner we've ever had ever I don't think there's yeah, anyone. We've, we've had some terrible corners. Yeah, I want to say Greg Toller is the worst we've ever had. But uh, Laurent Landry, I, I, I really liked that guy when we brought him over from the Jets. I thought he was going to be a big time uh, popper for us and, and being able to put some pads on people and forcing, forcing some things in the back end. He was good tackling wise and, and down in the box, but I didn't like him in coverage. Right, right, I agree. And me, when you play safety, I I cannot have a safety that's just back there getting beat. I just I just hate to see it. I I don't. I, it really just bothers me. So that's my. I'm thing gonna, I'm gonna put this out here too. I like all the people, uh, everybody who's being involved in the comments tonight, man. Y'all just keep that up, man. Appreciate y'all support. Please, <laughs> please uh, like and uh, like and subscribe. It will help us get more views out there and get us in uh, better. Uh, so so let's go ahead and make that announcement. So we're gonna do this like little cool thing. Right. So we are currently now uh, streaming live currently on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and Twitch. Uh, We're live on all four of those platforms at the moment. Um, And then after the show, if anyone had missed it or you just want to listen to it again, uh, Spotify. We are now on Spotify. Officially made that happen this week. All of our previous episodes have been put on Spotify um not all of them just this season because all the other seasons were two years ago that we were doing this show so we're just kind of keeping it current um Work to my and, then, 
And as soon as I'm done, as soon as we're done here tonight, I'm going to go ahead, hop on to our RSS feed. You can listen on RSS. So if you don't have Spotify, you can just go on to RSSS, search Kicking with the Crew, uh, spell it the same way, or you're going to have a hard time finding us. But you type in Kicking with the Crew, you'll find us. You can go ahead and download it and listen to it right from that website itself. Um, but I'll upload the web the episodes on there. They'll go straight over to Spotify, so everybody can listen to it wherever, whenever. Uh, if some people don't like to watch videos, that's why I wanted to go ahead and put the audio on Spotify. Some people would rather just put their headphones in. You know, maybe they're walking on the treadmill or something like that, and they just want to listen. So this audio from this show will be put into Spotify. I want to I want to talk about something real quick um, before we move into the actual game tomorrow. Uh, so I wanted to hear your your thoughts. Uh, so we're going to do the around the NFL, but this around the NFL is going to be uh, what they're doing when it comes to the roughing the passer, uh, mainly because there were two last week that were very questionable, and I didn't see or hear what the uh, explanations were from the officiating uh crews so i don't know if you saw it i was hoping that you had oh, um, i actually saw both um i uh, didn't see what was it i didn't see so i saw to his first one against buffalo i saw that on nfl red zone they showed the replay um the oh wait no you're talking about the tom brady and then the Derek Carr, right yeah, there was a Tom Brady, and then there was the Derek Carr, and that's just kind of flared everyone up about what we're doing with. Yeah, that. so uh, I I saw Tom Brady's on NFL Red Zone. They replayed that one. Then I saw the Derek Carr one live. Um, so uh, what was it? Uh, just an update on that. Neither um, of the defensive players, so uh, Chris Jones or um, ah, Jesus. The defensive end or defensive tackle from the Gary Atlanta Falcons. Gary Jarrett. Yeah, Grady yeah. Jarrett. Um, neither Jared. of them have had a uh, gotten fined. Neither of them. So we know this hasn't been an egregious penalty. They did not do anything wrong while they were um, making their hits on the quarterback. Um, but <clears throat> the one for Tom Brady was is he was swung down aggressively, and so that was what the roughing the passer was for. The Chris Jones was that just because the ball was out, he landed with all his weight on Derek Carr, and that is what the penalty for. And so these refs are being taught to protect the quarterback at all costs. So basically, if you're not hitting them and then putting a pillow underneath their body, then you're pretty much getting a roughing the passer call. And what the NFL is trying to do is, I guess on Good Morning America, they put out a report showing the hit to, to a tongue of Aloha, getting up and stumbling off, and they're telling the whole world that football is this dangerous gladiator game and that your kids probably shouldn't be playing it. And the NFL is basically saying, we will rather take stupid little 15-yard penalties that shouldn't even be a penalty to protect a quarterback so defensive ends know to back off rather than Good Morning America telling the world 
that football is that dangerous. I think that's funny. Has Good Morning America ever watched the game of hockey? No, they didn't. (laughs) That game is ten times more vicious than anything football has. They literally are the only sport that still fights, like straight up throws. I mean, mean, okay, but but with that, they do get fined for that. So if they fight, they. I didn't know they got fined of it. I mean, they're trying to they're trying to loosen up on the fighting, unfortunately. But I mean, you're still skating around on on blades. Right, and, and you're still shooting a puck at 90 miles an hour, and, and that puck is hard, man. It's not soft. It's it's hard. Yeah, and, and it's. And I think I, a man, and people want to complain about football where everything's controlled. You're taught how to hit. You're taught how to tackle. You're taught how to take a hit since you're like five, six years old. The minute you start playing football, you're taught how to do those things. And I don't know. I mean, I. A lot of people want to say Tom Brady, it was the Tom Brady rule, but Tom Brady has only had like 20-something rough-in-the-passer calls since he's been in the NFL. And that's pretty low for a quarterback who's been in the NFL as long as he has. Well, see, the thing is, the thing that supported it being a Tom Brady rule or or whatever anybody wants to call the rule is – so in that same Raiders game, the way that Tom Brady got swung down and got sacked, Patrick Mahomes was sacked the exact same way and there was no flag. So it's like, are we going to make these calls? Are we going to be consistent with them? Like, how are we going to do it? It's just a bunch of miscommunications and and we're either protecting the quarterback or we're not or or referees are calling it differently than they want to. So it's just a tough one there to say um, exactly what it is. Me personally, I think a referee should be able to tell what the hell – 15-yard penalty for roughing the passer is. And if you're going to miscall it and referees are going to call it differently, just send it to New York. Like, they're literally watching every game. I don't see why this isn't a, a two-second thing where the guy in New York is like, no, guys, go ahead and uh, pick up that flag. That was not yes. roughing the passer. So, so they said that on, on Around the NFL this week. Um, they, did their, they did their show, I believe it was Tuesday morning they talked about it. And these guys – Sometimes they're idiots and sometimes they're kind of smart. But somebody said it. They were like, hey, why don't you have New York more involved with these games? You have so many people working up there in New York. How are they not watching these games? How are they not like, hey, that's not rough in the passer? It's not a challenge. It's not a coach having to challenge a penalty. It's literally New York seeing it and saying that's not rough in the passer or that's not pass interference or that's not holding. Right? You have the technology and officiating makes mistakes. We get it. But that's why you have New York. So how can New York not step in and make it a more fair game? I mean, imagine Denver game, right? Last week, imagine us against Denver. We had New York being able to call down and say, hey, Raheem didn't he, – he didn't hold him those three times. Well, see, so for – That's a different those, game. For those type of calls, I think we should leave those ones alone because then it becomes too ticky-tack and it takes away the human element of the game. So I kind of I, – I of course, it's our team. We, we don't like that call being against – if it was a hold against Denver, would we be complaining? No, we're going to be like, I'm going to take uh, that damn call. I mean, I we mean, might you might sit there to yourself and be like, oh, that was a bull crap call because I do oh, it yeah, 100%. all the time. But I'm going to take that penalty 10 times out of 10 if it's for, for my team. So Right, but I just think at this point – like, At uh, this point, one of the things fans want the most is they want consistency. Yeah, yeah. See, so that's my thing. So it's just like with the they tried to do it with the pass interference, like uh, last year. That was terrible. And it was, was like, and it was like, dude, it's like when you slow it down, of course it's gonna look like pass interference. But when you're in the middle of the play and it's live, you're like, 
ah, I don't know. I think it's because you can slow it down to see it. So it's those type of things where I'm like, let's leave the game to be the game and let them play it out. Now, if you got something like those roughing the passer calls, especially when they're in like the fourth quarter on key downs, that's yeah. when New York should step in and be like, look, this is the wrong call. We got to make sure we get it right here. Are we going to remember a penalty from the first quarter? No. Are we going to remember a penalty from the second quarter? No. But when it comes to that fourth down or fourth quarter on key downs and something happens, don't let the refs finish the game for us. Right. That, that's when New York should right. Well, but, you know, our plus side is tomorrow uh, at home, we have one of the most penalizing officiating crews. So <laughs> actually, so so that was the thing that uh Tyler pointed out, and actually, um, I believe uh home teams are 18 and four Cheers. with Jerome. Hey, there you go. Uh, home teams are 18 and four with Jerome Boger. See, and that's one of those stats that I don't like. Why? Because I think officiating is too involved in what's going on in the games. <laughs> yep, so just let these boys play, and I don't know, man, I don't know. All right. Uh, yeah, Ash, I do. Ash, I do remember Dante Moncrief. I honestly, I liked, I liked him. him when I liked him. <laughs> when he was with Andrew Luck. I wish he would have never left to uh, Washington when he did. I, I thought he was really good with us, but and then he went to Jacksonville and destroyed us a couple times. He kind of went downhill uh, with Washington after RG three left. So. Yeah, but then he went over to uh, Jacksonville and didn't he have, didn't he have a couple good games against us in Jacksonville? Nope. That's Chester Rogers. Chester Rogers did that. Yeah. That no, Chester Rogers did that with Tennessee against us. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. But Dante Moncrief did go to Jacksonville. That's I do remember. Jesus. <laughs> Gators game right now, man. They're killing me. Man, I used to be a Gators yeah. game when I was a kid. Are they winning or losing? Uh, we are down right now, 28-21. All right. So before we go ahead and move on to previewing – the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars game. These are the final scores for last week. I'm just say it was last week because we had two games from Sunday to Thursday. And according to the Lord, it goes Sunday to Saturday. So uh, we, we lost, obviously, to Tennessee, which is unfortunate. But uh, Tennessee's on a bye. We're only a half game back, so I wouldn't panic. Um, and then you have us winning in Denver, which was damn ugly. But what I want to say about that game is most people, when we grew up watching football, most people would be like, man, a defensive game, that's what we want to see, right? Yeah. You remember back in 2007 when we won the Super Bowl, uh, we beat Baltimore 15 to like nine, yeah. something like that, in the playoffs. And not one person complained. Not one person went anywhere and said, this game is boring. This game is boring. This game is boring. And both teams were high-powered offenses. Our defense was ranked 32nd in rushing, and we held every team under that. So I don't understand where it is. I I feel like it's the Patrick Mahomes effect is now everybody wants these high-powered offenses. Everybody wants 50-plus points a game. It's like change of the tides of generations. Everybody wants to see offense nowadays. Everybody wants to see the big play. Everybody wants to see that. I mean, I get it. The game was ugly, but here's the thing, man. I was listening to Around the NFL – this weekend, what really pissed me off listening to around the NFL was they gave zero credit to our defense. 
zero credit. They gave, they said everything to give Russell Wilson some kind of excuse as to why he looks terrible. Everybody. And I'm like, you can't give credit to the team that beat Patrick Mahomes, the defense that beat Kansas City. You maybe the defense is actually good. Maybe that's what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, see, that's the that's the problem to me when with the media because they can these people can get on TV so and they can say whatever they want and then fans mm-hmm. just go and they run with it. But to me, it's like when people want to sit there and say, Oh, this team was trash or this team did this and this that. If you go back and watch this Washington game versus the Bears, the defenses and the offenses just weren't good. <laughs> both of them, both their defenses weren't creating turnovers. They weren't doing anything. So that's something totally different versus when you watch the Colts versus the Denver game and you see that the defenses were getting sacks. They were getting interceptions. They were doing things. So when you want to sit there and say, oh, this is just a bad game. Nobody's scoring a touchdown. Or maybe you could just look at it and say, hey, these defenses are making plays. Right. I mean, I mean so you was, say there, were throws, there were some throws that, that Russell Wilson shouldn't have made. Right. Yeah, there exactly. was one where there was one where we got the interception. There was no one offensively even in the area. Yeah, that was and, the Rodney, Rodney Thomas pick. Yeah. Right. He gave, he gave him the Kirk Cousins punt. Right. And, and I mean, that's that was literally what you just said. It was. It was a punt. That's all that was. But defensively, we were we were pressuring Russell Wilson all game. We we were crushing the run game all game. Our run defense is stout. There's no doubt about it. Nobody like can run every against game, every game except for the Tennessee. The, the only – yeah, and even Jacksonville, and this is going to lead into us talking about Jacksonville tomorrow, right? Jacksonville's rushing attack is averaging 4.4 carry, 4, 4.4 yards per carry each running back. That's Etienne and James Robinson. Both of them are doing stellar. And they didn't have that against us. That was the one thing they, they had. They had the one – I think it was the 134-yard touchdown. That's it. But other than that, that we stopped their run game. The only the only issue we had against Jacksonville was getting pressure on Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, we make that guy look like that was it. Our run defense is legit. I I want to say that right now I'm okay with Shaq not playing. I'm okay with it, and it's nothing against Shaq. Rest up, heal up, and come back when we take the playoff run. Because right now, I mean, if you're hurting, there's no reason to play you. Bobby Okereke or Bobby Okereke, Okereke, and Zaire Franklin are playing stellar in that in that linebacker. They got chemistry right now. There's no reason to break that up. Uh, you know, Stephon Gilmore is playing stellar. Rodney Thomas is playing stellar as a rookie. He's playing stellar. Nick Cross is playing good when he's on the field. I mean, there's no reason to rush anybody. Yeah. I, I agree to that point. Um, a lot of people sit there and say, oh, we're missing this guy. You're missing that guy and whatnot. And me personally, I love Shaq Leonard. I like I like to have him because he can force turnovers. But if right. he's out, I'm not going to sit there and cry tears and pout and put my hands in my face. Oh. We haven't had him for uh, five weeks. Four, four out of the five games. So Four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah. We had him for yeah. a half so, a game. Yeah. So to me, if you've ever been missing a player for that long, if they're going to miss another game or two, to me, that's not really an effect. You'd love to have them, but you're not really hurting if you miss them because they've already been gone. So Listen, the most, points, the most points our defense has let up is 24. 
and that was twice. Tennessee and Jacksonville. That's the most points we've let up. Other than that, we let up 20 against Houston. And you could technically take uh, out of that 24 with Tennessee, you could take about 17 of those and put them on the offense. Yeah. And then, and then we let up 20 to Houston. Uh, we let up, what, nine? It was nine to Denver. And we let up, what, 17? 17 to Casey. So it's not like our defense is struggling. <laughs> not. So like I, so going into it, right, our defense is, is ranked eighth overall right now. Uh, 10th in total points allowed. So they're doing their part, right? They're ranked first in scoring in the fourth quarter or overtime. We've been overtime. Yeah, uh, outside of outside of turnovers, our defense is rated number one by far. 46, 46% of the scores that we've allowed defensively have come off of come after a turnover that our offense had created. Our, our defense like has been absolutely legit. Um, and all it comes down to is just the offense. I mean, it's not even about three and outs. I think if our offense went three and out for most of the damn game, like our defense would still be holding up. Just don't turn over the damn ball and yeah. stop fumbling it. If you punt it, if you punt it and you don't give them short field, we're good. We're literally getting the ball back. Yep. Um, so, yeah, yeah, Ash, that's, that's exactly what it is. I mean, it, this is really what it comes down to is we can't keep having the – the uh, losing yards on first down, and then the fumbling on crucial downs. I think I think uh, out of the eleven fumbles we got, I think about six or seven of them have come on third down. So it, it's literally just about fixing those those minor issues that we got. And and from what I've seen from the reports, Matt Ryan has been working on it a lot this week. Um, I'm hoping the O line issues uh, can end. These get held up a bit. I mean, just just don't let Matt Ryan get killed. I'd rather you grab a guy and snag him by his damn face mask, and rather than than, than letting uh, Matt Ryan get hit. Um, but that's been our main concern is that uh, like I'd rather have the the holding calls that we were getting with Ryman versus the revolving door we had with Matt Pryor and free runners just running right by him. So yeah. yeah, Bailey, uh, we better beat the Jags. <laughs> what I see, what I see tomorrow when it comes to our offensive line is I think it's going to be similar to last week, um, and I think that's because Jonathan Taylor being out. So when I listened to Frank this week, he talked about the reasons they switched the offensive line is because uh, they wanted to get a more push in the middle. That's why they put Braden Smith back in at right guard. Um, I expect Braden Smith to be back at right guard tomorrow with Jonathan Taylor being out again. Um, that right tackle is the main question, but Frank hadn't, he wouldn't give up um, who's playing right tackle. He wouldn't even give it a hint to who, if he's even going to make a change. So Frank is being very secretive about right tackle tomorrow. And every time anyone had asked him, he had dodged the question. Uh, very much uh, like when they asked about, uh, I think it was a roundtable, a fan asked on whether, you know, what's up with Dennis Kelly. And all he said was that he likes Dennis Kelly. He didn't say anything about Dennis Kelly playing. So my main concern right now is who's going to play right tackle because I'm scared of Josh Allen. If I'm any offensive coordinator, I'm scared of him. If you're in Indianapolis, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this dude has disrupted um, us for the last three games at least. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I personally like it that way. I, I like it for the, the game planning effect. Um, it, it's just tough to really say. I mean, right now, if you're any defensive end, I don't I don't see why you should fear any tackle in Indianapolis or think that you can't get um, either be one sack or a couple of quarterback hits off of any of these tackles. But personally, just from like game planning sakes of, of what you would like to see on film, whether a guy is a uh, short arms or more quicker, quick footed. Um, I, I personally like that. He's not saying anything of who it's going to be. And then, um, <clears throat> and then um, the Dennis Kelly part, I, I hate that he hasn't been playing because he had way better numbers than what Pryor had in a lot less games that Pryor has played compared to him. And, and he literally, like some like Zach Kiefer asked on Twitter, you know, what? why is Dennis Kelly not playing? And Dennis responded Kelly responded to, to that. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I, don't I, know. I would like to know as well. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, it's understandable. And actually, no. Uh, prior last year, we questioned uh, multiple times, if I remember correctly. And I believe, oh. the year, I believe the year before, was it the year before? I think we had him. And that was no, uh, we, we traded for him last year. Um, he We got him from the Eagles. He wasn't playing. Uh, the Eagles had Andre Dillard, who's really started to pick it up in Jordan Malata. So they didn't really need Pryor. He was on the bench. And then we got him to trade for him. <clears throat> Pryor was playing a majority of guard. Um, and he had some experience at right tackle. Uh, a minor bit of experience at left tackle. I think he probably had like four snaps at left tackle um, before we got him. And so it, it was really just grabbing a guy that was a swing and hoping he could just pick up and at least be able to hold up a little bit of a tackle. And from looking at it, this is a couple guys that Chris Ballard is really missing out on. Chris Ballard's missed on those, those tackles <laughs> a couple times. Yeah, those are a couple things that he's missed out on. is missing out on left tackle, uh, missing out on receiver, and, and, and not – being better prepared for a quarterback. Uh, I don't know if he's a free agent. At this point, he might as well work at Walmart. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's funny. That's funny. That's so just, what do you what do you think about Sammy Ellinger being moved up to <laughs> to QB two? Uh, I got mixed emotions, man, about it. I mean, I, I honestly, I'm happy for him. I think it's great that he finally got to move up to QB2, which he's earned it. Um, but me personally, if, if you think back to when uh, Rivers retired, so before we kept going down this this turd hole that we were in at quarterback, and I don't want to call Matt Ryan a turd, but it's just like we don't have a young quarterback. We should have been had one already. And so when – when Rivers retired and we had Jacob Eason and we had Sam Ellinger, from right then and there, to me, what should have been the thing is should we should have had a QB competition and we should have played it out with those guys and see what they did and could have planned for the future. And either we came up with the same 9-8 and eight or worse we had with Carson, and, hey, if we did better, everybody's happy. It's a win. If we did worse, we would have came out with – Justin Herbert, Tua Tungvaloa, um, or Joe Burrow. 
that wouldn't have happened because those players got drafted <laughs> prior to Sam Ellinger. So was that prior? Yeah. So the year we traded for DeForest Buckner was the year that uh, Tua and Justin Herbert were drafted. Oh, was that? The, I thought that was. I think I think it was the year Joe. Oh yeah, yeah this is just so, Philip, so I watched I watched uh, Philip Rivers face Joe Burrow um, in 2020. Okay, so who, who were the quarterbacks that came out last year? Uh, last year wasn't very big. It wasn't a very uh, huge QB market last year. Number one overall pick last year was. I can't remember. Oh jeez! I don't. I don't think it was a quarterback. I don't. Let's see. I'm gonna look that up right now. As I can. Let's see. Who was the first overall pick? Does Ashley know? Ashley usually knows this type of stuff. I ain't got that off the top of my head. the first overall pick of last year was Traven, Trayvon Walker. No, 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 not that one. Before that, that year. No, that was the uh, Trevor Lawrence went the year before that. Okay, so Trevor Lawrence. And that, yeah. that was Trevor Lawrence's first year against Rivers, so 2020, right? So Trevor Lawrence didn't play against Rivers. He only played against Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. So the year before that. Was Phillip Rivers, was Joe Burrow to uh, uh, Justin Herbert. All those dudes. Okay, so they came out that year. Okay, so basically, yeah, okay, there we go. There we go. Now I got it. Okay. So Trevor Lawrence, uh, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. So it's like we could have literally ended up with Justin Fields if we take a chance on one of those quarterbacks to try and get us a shot here at, at – at whatever we were trying and to do. So my thing, thing is, why, not, why not kickstart that? Hear, hear me out. Hear me out. The moment Andrew Luck retired and we had Jacoby Brissett, do you know how many quarterbacks we missed out on in the draft? Yeah, I mean, look, look at the my list that we could right now. Look at the and, list. Instead, and instead we took Jacob Eason in the fourth. Sam Ellinger was like the fifth. Sixth round. Yeah. I mean, if Sam Ellinger pans out, yeah, that's that, that's what I'm saying. College, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's good if he does. It's just it's just my thing. It's like I, I would have planned a long time ago to go down this rabbit hole. Um, but like I said, I'm I'm happy for Sam. I'm glad it worked out for him. And then it, it just makes me think back to the Nick Foles. I mean, man, we put six million dollars into the guy that's now our third string quarterback. Yeah, exactly. literally, we literally could have kept Chris Reed and Mark Lewinsky which would make sure we wouldn't have a problem at right guard right now. A right tackle would be able to stay there, and we'd have that continuity. So we'd literally have the continuity from left guard over to right tackle, plug in Ryman, and keep on chopping wood. So that's it. So I'm happy for Sam. Good for Sam. Um, Hopefully we don't get to see him. But if we do get to see him, uh, I wish for the best for him. All right. What are your key matchups for tomorrow? Key matchups for tomorrow. My key matchup for for tomorrow is going to be this offensive line versus the Jags defensive line. Um, the Jags have some injuries on their offensive line. Uh, their interior guard um, 
is out. They are now on a third-string rookie. Uh, I believe their center got hurt as well. Not 100% positive on that, but I think it did. Um, and then their their uh, left and right tackles are only playing okay. So I'm not really worried about their line. But I'm worried about our offensive line versus their defensive line, like you said, with uh, Josh Allen and Traylon Burks. They're two guys that can make plays, get after a quarterback. And if we got Mr. Revolving Door over there at right tackle, um, that's really going to be a tough one. I like Ryman's uh, athleticism versus these two defensive ends. I think this one should be able to work out for us really well. Um, they're, neither of them are like huge speed guys like that guy from Denver was because that dude can get off the damn ball. I mean, he had one of the fastest get-offs. The worst part was he was the backup for Randy. Yeah, and that's, that's the crazy part for Denver. He was a backup, and dudes get off. I'll ball. say that if any Denver fan is watching, you guys got some optimism to look at when it comes to your defense because that guy was the backup to Randy Gregory, and he was boy, he was quick. He was yeah, quick. You can get off the ball. So um, I do like Ryman's athleticism versus these two defensive ends. Um, uh, looking to see what we do from the center to the right tackle, what, what's kind of going to go on there. I'm hearing that Ryan Kelly is going to stay at center, so we'll see how the right guard, right tackle work out. Um, but that is one of my key matchups there. Um, and then uh, uh, the other, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a matchup, but I want to see our offensive rhythm. It's going to be Frank with the play calling. And, and is he going to be smart on, on key downs, you know, first, uh, first and second down, which I really think we need to win. Um, on third down, I think we've honestly, in my honest opinion, without the fumbles, we have been really good on third down. So it's really just win first and second down, you know, keep us in, in, in third and four or shorter. And that's that's what I'm really looking for. So so what I've what I've heard all week is that Frank's emphasis is the uh the first and second down. That I, I know that he he's been talking about it all week. Um he talked about it in his press conferences multiple times, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. He's brought yep. it up. Uh, on uh, Matt Taylor, uh, Voice of the Colts. If you don't know who Matt Taylor is, uh, you just go on the Colts app. You can listen to him. Uh, Matt Taylor's round table on Monday. Uh, Frank answers questions to fans, and that was one of his big things was first and second down. A lot of the questions that he's getting about his offensive line, he's heading straight toward uh, being more productive on the first and second down. So I, I expect him to show more emphasis toward that. Um I don't know why it's taking six weeks for him to show more emphasis towards that because that's just common football. Um, but I will say one of my keys this week, I'm going to go to the opposite side. I'm going to say it's going to be Yannick and DeForest. And the reason I say that is because the games that uh, the, the Jaguars have lost is because Trevor Lawrence was not able to get comfortable. Um, they said it this week. <clears throat> There were some other shows I listened to this week that were saying that when Trevor is beat up early, uh, he does not succeed. If he if he starts succeeding early, he builds off that success and he just gets better. And that is true. We've seen it. Uh, so what we need to do is we need to force him into some terrible positions. We need to force him to throw some terrible throws. We can't let Zay Jones just get wide open. We can't let anybody get wide open. We need to be able to cover better. We need, we need to play more man blitz. We can't just sit in the zone. Uh, we can't just let Trevor Lawrence get comfortable in that pocket. Yeah, we need to absolutely treat this game uh, just like we did with uh, Patrick Mahomes. That's got to be it. Uh, 
I'm not familiar with who Anthony Gordon is, Ash. Anthony Gordon. Anthony Gordon was the was a quarterback. Uh, he was in college. A dude broke records. Uh, I can't remember what college he played at, but he broke records in college, and then he ended up going undrafted, I believe, to Seattle. Um, he was a stellar quarterback. I actually loved him when he played in college. That dude threw for like. I, I forget how many yards it was. It was like almost six thousand yards, dude. In but he didn't. Season. He didn't become Bailey Zappi, though, huh? No, man. <laughs> he played. He played in a small school, so I guess nobody expected him to do anything. Um, I was surprised when he went undrafted. He was actually projected like a second or third round pick. Same thing. With, uh, same thing with Carson Strong here from Nevada. I guess he was told he'd be like a second to fourth round pick, and he ended up going undrafted. So. Yeah, I mean, it happens. I mean, these scouts, they see something that we don't see. They hear things when they do interviews that, that we don't hear. Because when they do their, their interviews, they don't just interview, you know, the player or the coaches. They interview, like, family. They interview friends. They interview they, – they see you on social media. They see who people don't like you, and they go interview them. You know, like, yeah. they're not just interviewing people that like you. They want to know what your, what your worst, you know, characteristics are, what your personality really is. So – I mean, we could dodge the bullet by not picking up Anthony Gordon, and that's just what it is. Yeah. Um, That's the tough ones. You don't always get them right. It's hard. Scouting's not an easy job. And and I'll say I'm a big fan of Sam. Um, When when Sam was drafted, I was pretty excited. I was watching him play in Texas, and I thought he he played very very well in Texas. Um, I knew that he was one of those guys that was going to be like a a couple years few years so at the same time it's like when i saw today that he got picked up I was, or moved up to qb2 i was like okay okay maybe maybe you know yeah i think another key matchup for tomorrow though let's move away from the same to talk because that's not that exciting he's just qb2 so um i think another key matchup is going to be alec pierce tomorrow uh we didn't see much of him against jacksonville the first time around and i think alec pierce is starting to turn the corner it could potentially be a wide receiver, one or two, whoever, right? Um, but what I really want to see is Paris Campbell be more involved. Yeah. Uh, all the stats for Paris Campbell have been shown out that he's what, what top three in yards of separation uh, at like 4.5, 4.6. The number was. Um, and the fact that Matt is not throwing the ball to him as much is kind of crazy to me. Um, I want to see Paris get more involved. I think Paris gets more involved in this offense instantly takes off. For sure. I've been saying that all offseason. I'd for sure like to see him get more targets and whatnot. Trying to take advantage. I'll say the fact that he has made it past week six, or he's in week six and still healthy, he's already progressed in my opinion. Campbell? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's definitely been a lot better. Um, I think – I mean, I like just him getting chances at the ball. Like I said, it was a couple plays, like the one against the Chiefs where Matt Ryan didn't – he didn't trust the, the space or hit Campbell. I don't know what it was. He took the sack and got the fumble. Um, then the game against the Jags where he had him wide open again, coming in on a crosser and didn't hit him. So uh, I don't know what their communication is or what their issue is or whatever, but I definitely like to see him um, get some more targets and – actually attempt to hit him. Another uh, thing that was interesting to me, though, is that uh, Kiki QT 
was called up from the practice squad to our active roster instead of Desmond Patman. That was pretty interesting to me. It looks like uh, Desmond Patman has probably lost the trust of this uh, coaching staff. He's trending downward, man, and I've, I've been saying that. Desmond Patman, when he got the opportunities, he, he didn't uh, take advantage of them. That's what it is, and this team is not – I mean, everyone thinks the NFL is all about continuously giving chances, and that's not what it is, man. You get your one shot, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah. You, if you don't yeah. prove that you deserve to be here, these teams are cutthroat. They're going to drop you, man. That's just yeah. as simple as that is. And Desmond Patman was never considered a top five wide receiver on our roster. He was battling with Michael Strom for one uh, to even be on that roster, and then he lost that spot. And in my opinion, I, I haven't seen anything from Desmond Patman that sh- that should keep him on this roster. So seeing that, seeing Kiki Cootie come up, man, that dude had roasted us a few times. Uh, when he played for Houston. So yeah, the guy had shown that he can play against this division. And I think that's why Frank is bringing him up for tomorrow. I think I I'm starting, think, uh, I'm starting to think we, I'm starting to think we just uh, kept Kiki QT. So Houston wouldn't have him and torch us. <laughs> <laughs> that, that could be a thing. That could be a thing. Keep that him off of their team. So he doesn't hit us. Yeah. He, he came he came up for when being put on IR. And I, I think they're similar when it comes to speed wise. Um, and I think that's what it was. Desmond Patton's, Patton's not there on the Ashton Doolin level. So I think that Kiki Cootie was a better pick in my opinion. Yeah. And then uh, one of the things that I'd like to see as well is we have to get these tight ends involved. I, I, I just don't understand. Why. Johnny Jelani Woods, to be specific. Jelani Woods and Mo Alley, to be specific. Both of them guys are downfield tight ends. They've both proven it, especially Mo. Mo had proven it for multiple years, uh, especially the year when Phillip Rivers was here. I mean, look at that, that man was a monster. Their height and size just makes them an easy mismatch. I mean, this Big time. <laughs> it's it's just the, it doesn't make sense. Uh, Kylan Granson is good when it comes to the short yardage. Was, he's that shorter guy. Um, I was just about to say he's uh, he's top ten on that yardage separation as well. Yeah, but he does those short flat routes. Man, you can get what what I feel like our offense tries to do is they try to gain too many yards at one time. Instead, start looking at these guys that get the separation underneath. Yeah. Kylan Granson has proven that he can gain yards after the catch. Paris Campbell can gain yards after the catch. Take those guys, man. Yeah. Take that throw. Take the four yards. Take the four to eight yards and keep moving. You don't need to go 11 to 12 yards every play. You don't need to do it. Yeah, I love that uh, that little uh, single uh, wide receiver screen we ran at Campbell last week for about uh, 10 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to see some of that. Get him some jet sweep actions. Have him coming on some just some straight uh, – Shallow crosses right across the middle. Get yep. him underneath a linebacker and let him use his speed. Let's go ahead and do some crew predictions. So that's just us. You know, we're going to predict the scores of uh, just Jacksonville and the Colts. Uh, we'll do our locks directly after that. But, uh, yeah, w- what you got for the score overall tomorrow? Uh, man, so I actually don't have a, uh, like, a legit score. Um, but I did I did pick Jacksonville to win this game because I refuse to pick the Colts until they show me that they can win consistently. So if I have to take an L by not picking them, I will. But 
what the the score that I would like to see to know that this team is going to be fine pushing forward is I would like to see forty two to seven. Forty two to seven. I like forty two to seven. That's what I think the Indianapolis Colts should be able to do. That's what I think we have the capability to do. That's what I feel like we should should do. All right, what I'm going to go is I want to go – I'm probably going to go 21-16, man. Sorry, my headphones just beeped at me. I'm trying to find the charger. Who's favor? Colts, 21-16. Colts. Colts. Yeah. All right. Yeah, man, that's uh, it's just what I got to see from them. Got to see better. Agreed, 100%. So let's go ahead and go with the crew locks. This is all the whole NFL – who you have is a lock win tomorrow. Hold on one second, dude. I'll be right back. I can grab this structure. Yeah, no problem. I'll sit here with the people. We got 28-10, Colts, Lamar. I, I think I'm thinking something like that too. I, I gotta feel I felt like we should be completely dominant. That's why I say 42 to 7. Like I really want us to go out there and show the world that what we were doing over the first five weeks has nothing to do with this week. Um, I like that prediction, though. I want to see us be dominant, absolutely dominant. Uh, my, my. Oh, yeah, that was my luck. Yeah, so my lock of the pe- uh, lock of the week, I guess I'll tell you guys before he comes back anyway. My lock of the week was going to be Tampa Bay over Pittsburgh. Um, I think Pittsburgh is just uh, – they're down and out. I, I really don't think Pittsburgh has any talent to be able to keep up with Tampa Bay in this game. Um, I think the defense is going to get after uh, the rookie over there. Um, and uh, – they should be able to take advantage of a lot of what he's going to do. Be able to take advantage of the Pittsburgh Steelers' uh, offensive line, which is poor, poor right now. It's just so bad. So, um, and then the Steelers' defense, uh, their run defense still isn't that good. Today. That is my lock of the week, Matt. It's going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is my lock of the week. Tampa Bay, huh? Yep. What was your reasoning? Uh, so, Pittsburgh still is basically just down and out. They really don't have much to, to do with anything. I mean, they got a rookie quarterback and Kenny Pickett going up against this Tampa Bay defense. Uh, the Steelers' uh, offensive line is terrible. Uh, their run defense isn't still isn't that good. Um, and I think uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks are just going to be able to wear them down. I mean, that's an easy pick. <laughs> Yeah, that's why, I was, that's why it was a lock. I think I, when I looked across most of the league this week, I did not see very many locks. There, there were not many teams that I could look at and think that one team was going to win. Outside of a Thursday night's game, I did talk. I did talk about Lamar's pick as well. Um, uh, I thought uh, the Washington Commanders would beat the Bears pretty easily, so that was my. Hey, welcome, welcome to the show, Lamar. Just want to say appreciate you coming out. I think this is the first time I've seen your name. Yeah, please uh, like and share if you could. We would appreciate it. Helps us in the uh, rhythm. Yeah, man. And if you if you uh, if you missed any of the show, you can always 
you know, rewatch us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Twitch, YouTube, or Spotify. What's up, Troy? Thanks for coming in. Appreciate you. Hey, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Who you who you got winning tomorrow? Let's see your let's see your scores. Let's see who you got. Jacksonville or Colts? Hey, so my lock for tomorrow. I like to go controversial, right? Last week I went Giants against Packers and uh, Giants worked won. Worked out for you. Worked out for me. This week I'm actually going to lock Philly. I'm going to lock Philly over the Cowboys, and the reason is because you that. Wait, wait. So when you said Giants over Packers last week, are you sure you weren't calling that an upset rather than a lock? No, that was my lock. Oh, you, so you saying for sure? That was my for sure. I, yeah, I mean it didn't pan out to be a for sure thing until the end, but it. It was my for sure. I had a feeling the Giants were going to win that Troy, game. Troy says uh, Colts, hopefully. I think we're all in the same thought, man. All in the yeah, same we're, we're all there, man. This thing keeps going on. But, I should get, um, but yeah, man, <laughs> last week uh, I like the Giants. I like what they got going on this year. But uh, Daniel Jones is playing pretty well. Uh, Saquon Barkley is playing pretty well. So I've got, I've got no hate to the Giants, man. They just need Saquon back. But this week I'm definitely going Philly. I think Philly is a lock over the Cowboys, and the reason I think is because Cooper Rush has been riding a defense all season. I mean, he's, what, 4-0 since he started as a Cowboys starter. Um, but I really think that he's about to face a defense that's just as as tough as his own. And I don't think that that offense is going to be able to pull it off against Philadelphia's defense. And I think Philly's offense is more experienced. Yeah, I actually picked Dallas in that game, so <laughs> so we shall see. So it's crazy, man, because you know, with my family being from, you know, we're all from South South Jersey, so we're all right there next to Philly. Everybody back there is Philly fans, and I was talking shit all off season. I even picked Philly as the most overrated team coming into the season, and I was wrong. <laughs> well, this year, well, this year they were like they, I think they were rated pretty fairly. You had some people that had like, oh, they could be this good, but it depends on everybody was depends on hurts, depends on hurts, depends on hurts. So, um, not bad, not bad. Welcome to the show from West Virginia. That's a, that's the first one here, man. I know. I am from California. I, I'm actually from New Jersey. Right now, I live in Texas, though. I, I'm in the army, so I'm all over the place. I'm actually uh, right by Dallas. I'm right, right up north of Dallas. Yeah, man, that's a that's gonna be a good game, though. I look forward to seeing that one. I look forward to seeing Chiefs and Bills. I'll probably actually, uh, I'll actually probably put that one on my Sunday ticket just to make sure I can watch that play by play rather than just waiting for the highlights because that should be a hell of a game. Yeah, that, that Chiefs and Bill one is gonna be gonna be great. In my opinion. actually, that's gonna be on CBS, so I probably won't even be able to watch that. I use I use Media Man streams. I watch all of the games. Yeah, I put it on. Uh, I got. I'll put NFL Red Zone on my TV, my big TV, and then I'll put a Sunday ticket and watch the Colts on my smaller TV, so I can see that one play by play, and I'll just pay more attention to that and kind of peek at the highlights going on on Red Zone. Yeah, I do that too. Yeah, <laughs> especially with my picks because we do picks at work, and I just want the day off. You know, <laughs> I want that Friday off. Lucky man, it ain't it ain't too many football fans here in Nevada, man. They just like things that are in Nevada. They're not like uh, you don't Damn hear anybody. <laughs> yeah, pretty much that's it, man. People out here do not talk sports really. Like you get maybe a few, but everybody else is just 
into their own things or into Nevada stuff. That's it. Yeah, man, in the Army, man, almost everybody's a sports fan. I think we have, like, two people in our office that don't like football. So what they do when we do our picks is that they, they choose somebody each week and just copy their picks. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, however you got to get it, right? Yeah, and one of them had, had gotten a week, had gotten a, a Friday off because <laughs> he copied somebody. So. Oh, man, got lucky, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah, see me, I'll just talk about sports, like any kind of sports, if somebody's in the sports. So it's just like the fact that nobody talks about it out here, I just kind of like, God, you suck. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm way into sports. The only sport really I don't watch is soccer. I mean, I watch – I used to watch basketball as a kid. I was a Mets fan uh, until they moved up to New York, and I can't follow a New York team. So uh, I stopped watching basketball at that point. But uh, baseball with the Phillies and then hockey with the Devils. So – Sports, sports is life here, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tune into them all. I can't really, I can't watch a baseball game on TV. It's just, it's just hard as hell to me since I was a kid. But I, I I'll, I'll go to a live game. But my, my Giants are my, my diehard team. If we're good, then I, then I'll tune in. Um, then I got my Sharks, my, my, my Florida Gators, and obviously the Colts and my Lakers. Lakers. Pacers, Colts, and Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Yeah. Rudy. But all right, man. We can go ahead and close this one out. Go. God, I hope we win tomorrow. We need the win tomorrow. Uh, I mean, to me, it's not even just a win. I need a blowout. <laughs> I need to absolutely beat the brakes off of this team. I need to be cheering all game. Like for all real, game. for real. I need to be absolutely wasted by the half by halftime. Like, I, uh, but in a good way, because <laughs> you can either be wasted from being pissed off or wasted from being excited. Yeah. See, if I'm pissed off, I'm, I'm just this is gonna be a rough one. So all, uh, Troy says all sport talk here. What sucks is I work in Ashburn, Virginia. I do get to see a lot of commanders talk. Oh, that must be rough. What do they talk about? What do Commanders fans talk about? Because they really haven't had a lot to talk about. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> what do they talk about? Do they? Yes, Ash, we do have to win tomorrow and next week. Otherwise, I will officially start my uh, I will start my uh, draft pick talk. I, I will be completely over the season. I wouldn't really care what went off there, personally. They so talk about says, Wentz, just so a little bit intense. <laughs> so I, I'm guessing they still saying that he's a good quarterback and he hasn't had help. No, they can't be. Line. They can't no, be. Because no, they, they, no, no, they do. They no do. I, I kid you not. I go at these people on Twitter all the time. It's, it's so annoying. Like, I literally was the same person. I was defending Wentz. I was giving him excuses. And I was saying everything. And then you get to week 17 and 18, and I'm just like, your quarterback just can't do those things. Bro, oh, it's like, I, I, they want Tyler. But Ron, but, but Ron Rivera straight called him out in the press conference. Well, <laughs> see, he tried to he, – he explained more to it too. He was basically saying like Dallas and Philly and uh, and even the Giants, they've built their teams around the quarterback that they have in the building right now. They've had at least a couple years to do it. And he was saying Carson hasn't been with his team for You know what that was? You know what that was? That was his uh, – <laughs> that was his um, – his public person, right? Well, no, no, that was right after he said quarterback, though. Oh, okay. 
the and other one, the other one, his public person sitting on the side, like, mm. like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he kind of he kind of flashed back and, and blew up on him the other time, and so that was when that happened. But uh, that's that's crazy, Troy. Now they want Taylor Heineke. I guess uh, they finally learned their lesson, man. I mean, it's just like what I was telling Matt. Like, if you go back <clears throat> all the way up until from, from 2016 when Carson had his best year, or 2017 when Carson had his best year, the next year the Eagles had a good offensive line, Carson starts struggling, and next thing you know, his offensive line is terrible. Terrible 2018. Terrible 2019. Terrible 2020. Then he comes to Indianapolis and all, all of a sudden, the Eagles' offensive line just gets good. Like, all of a sudden, comes to Indianapolis. Indianapolis' offensive line is great. They're, they're so good. And all of a sudden, he starts struggling. What's going on with the Indio line? They can't protect. Same thing. Goes to Washington. They got a good old line. They got weapons. Then all of a sudden, by week five, they suck. Everywhere Carson Wentz goes, somehow his offensive line ends up terrible. Yeah, we probably are losing that second pick. We probably. Oh no, no, we we only need him to play six more games. If we can get him, it's a supposed it's a supposed to be a fracture. If we can get him to play six games, we get a second round pick instead of a third. So see how that goes. Hopefully, uh, we can get that second round pick because it'd be real nice for us if we can trade up into that top ten. If if that's where we are, I don't want to get into that because I I've, I feel like the Colts should be better, so we'll see how that goes. I feel like we're gonna fix it, man. <laughs> we are. I feel like Frank has made progress. I understand that that Denver game was just ugly, but you also have to understand that we went from a Sunday game to a Thursday night game, uh, and we had injuries that we weren't expecting to have on Thursday, right? Yeah, so that, and the. That's one thing. And and then it's like the whole game plan changes. You're trying to do a more rotational basis because you're only four days out from playing the last game. Um, and you're playing a, a top five defense. I don't care what anybody says. Russell Wilson may be, may be struggling right now, but Denver's defense is top five. So our also offense Also, road, team, road teams always struggle as well on Thursday. So right. just another thing. Right. So it's just it's just one of those things, man. Just to come out with that win, I'm excited about. And and just hearing about the stats that we have defensively, man. It just it's just if the offense would stop turning the ball over. If the offense stops turning the ball over, man, this team is dominant. And that, and that's it. It's also gotta be that Amazon Prime crew. Maybe the players just don't like them. Well, you gotta think, man. This last game, everybody hated on us for our game, but then you look at the last game and that game was trash too. So if you actually think about it, like think about the first week one game. I think Dallas had three points, right? Didn't they lose 19-3? to three? Yeah. The Buccaneers had one touchdown the whole game. So, yeah. I, I mean, people want to – the media wants to critique it the way, however they want to just because there's not some big-time quarterback playing in the game. They want to say the game is trash or the Thursday night game was weak or whatever. And that's how people want to sit there and call it. But it is what it is. I think we got a good defense, and the stats show it. So I love the defense. Love the defense. And the, and the defense I'm <laughs> so optimistic. That's yep. really it is. And, and I'll I take, and like I said before, I will take, I will take a twelve to nine win from now all the way until the Super Bowl. And that's what it took. One hundred percent. I will take the win. One hundred percent. And you know what? Tomorrow, you know what? I'm gonna change my lock. I'm gonna change my lock for tomorrow. Change it's gonna be lock. Changing my lock. Really? I'm changing my lock to the Colts. 
the lock to the Colts, huh? I'm locking the Colts this week. Okay. Big lock. I'm locking them, baby. You know, I actually tried to make a graphic uh, with a lock (laughs) for us, and I've been struggling to find a good lock that actually would go. (laughs) Check the NFL NFL, NFL Network one. Yeah, Um, yeah, Troy, uh, Zaire Franklin has been balling. He's been very solid. He's been a a really good linebacker. Um, We just just need Shaq's turnover ability. That's all we're missing. Okay, you have a good night, too. We're going to wrap this one up here. And, uh, hopefully our Colts can come out with a win. And uh, hopefully uh, the Texans and Jags keep losing. So. Hey, tonight tonight was a very interactive show, and that's what we're trying to hope on. So if, if you watch the show tonight and you commented, make sure you share it to whatever groups you're in, whatever pages you're on, your Colts friends, your family. Like um, and comment. I mean, like and share. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is just a thing where it's a couple fans. You know, there's normally – Five four, of us, five, four of us, five, four or five of us on here tonight. It was just me and Demarco, um, but we're just fans that like to come on here and talk, man. And we we just we like to make our own points. We like to talk about what other fans think, what other fans are talking. So if you want to comment, just get all your people to follow us, man. That's all it is. We're, again, we're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and on Spotify also. So uh, if you don't like to watch the videos. If you have family that doesn't like to watch the videos, go ahead and just have them follow us on Spotify, man. Kicking with the crew, uh, and you can just listen to us. You'll be able to hear this show uh, probably in about an hour on Spotify. It takes about an hour for it to upload. So, Well, thanks, everybody. Y'all have a good night. Go Colts. Yeah, go Colts. Hey, you know what? Just beat the shit out of Jacksonville. Wentz had a nice bounce back year. Season, he was the, good. The, the issue for me with Wentz is always chips are on the line. Now what? And I picked the Jags because of Carson Wentz. I think it's one of the worst losses in recent NFL memory mm-hmm. for me. I think it's one of the worst losses in the history of their franchise. It absolutely falls at the feet of Carson Wentz, but everybody in that organization had a hand in it. In the meantime, we have another quarterback on the move. Matt Ryan has been traded to the Colts. Breaking news out of the NFL where Stephon Gilmore is signing with the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts have traded for Yannick Ngakwe. Jonathan Taylor is the MVP of the NFL. This is the best run-blocking offensive line in the NFL. Reggie Wayne talking about Matt Ryan. Exact quote. It makes me throw up how much he reminds me of Peyton Manning. Taylor, give a touchdown, Indy!